Hello, everyone. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for supporting my podcast so far and listening in. Uh, welcome to the Non-Traditional Physician Assistant Podcast in the new year, 2023. Woo! Hope you all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and are having a great start to your new year. So in today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about the financial costs of PA school. So I just want to say we all know that PA school is no joke, but few people talk about the cost of gaining admission. So in this episode, I'm going to break down some of my own personal costs so you know what you're getting into and can make a plan of action for how you'll handle these expenses before you get too deep into the process. Hopefully this will help you to make some good plans and figure out how this is going to work for you. So listen on in and welcome back. You are listening to the Non-Traditional Physician Assistant Podcast. So for this episode today, I did do quite a bit of research to try to keep everything up to date. However, with the ongoing inflation and changing costs of living and applying to PA school, these costs you may be different for each person. But uh, just use this as a guideline uh, for as you're kind of budgeting and trying to think about what you'll have to pay to get into PA school. I'm going to break it down by different topics and categories and kind of talk about potential costs that might be associated with each. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to go over some money saving strategies and strategies you can implement to hopefully make the process more affordable or at least to to help you prepare for it. So first of all, I'm going to talk about the costs of prereqs and getting further education uh, what you need to apply to PA school in terms of uh, academics. So for non-traditional applicants like me, if you have to retake any classes or you completely have to do all or many of the prereqs, you want to consider how to make that as affordable as possible. Obviously, you have to look at the schools that you want to apply to, and if they specifically say on their website that they really value a traditional educational institutions. So I just want to discuss briefly for me the difference in rates per credit hour between the community colleges that I attended and between larger traditional four-year institutions. For in-district rates for community colleges, a lot of them have an in-district rate versus an out-of-district rate, but still, even if you're out-of-district, a lot of times that out-of-district rate is still a lot more affordable than the traditional four-year institution's uh, rate. So just as an example, uh, for my community college in my county, which I was in-district for, the cost per credit hour was $103. If I was out of district and I attended that school, the cost per credit hour went up to $199. But if I look at a four-year 
state academic institution and one of the most affordable in the area, the cost per credit hour went up to $460.83. So that's really a huge amount of money that you can save by going to community colleges, if possible. I know that not all areas have the same access, but sometimes you can take online coursework through community colleges and that can be cheaper as well, but it really depends on what the class is and what the school allows. Uh, During COVID pandemic, we obviously didn't have many options, and so they really did accept a lot of online coursework, and in fact, a lot of my classes and labs were fully online uh, because of the pandemic. But now that things have kind of transitioned to more normal, A lot of schools will not allow you to do virtual labs, but again, that's something you can check on the school website. Another area that you want to consider that can cost money is the cost to get a medical certification for your patient care experience jobs. So just based on my example, on my experience, I first went to get a CNA or CNA certification. The course itself was two weeks long and I paid $605 for the class. I completed it over like a Christmas break. And so I was there with a lot of college students and it was really uh, an expedited class and efficient way to get that certification to kind of help me get my foot in the door in terms of getting a job in a medical field. Um, There was also the cost of the exam for the CNA license that for my state cost $125 at the time. So total for that CNA cert and the exam, I ended up paying about $730. So it's not cheap, uh, but it was something I felt that I had to do in order to get a position. And I had really hoped that it would help me to even get a job in a hospital at the time where I might have uh, greater access to PAs and uh, other medical professionals as well. I later ended up having to get a medical assistant certification for one of my patient care jobs. The company required it. And so uh, I ended up paying about $275 total for that. It was fully online. I studied on my own. There were no classes to attend. So, and I was working uh, part-time as well while I was doing that process. And I did get reimbursed by the company that I was working for. So I ended up not having to pay that. It was worthwhile for me. However, uh, if you want to do a medical assistant class that's more in person or you learn a lot more hands-on skills or things like that, I've seen courses that cost a thousand something dollars or two thousand dollars. You can do medical assistant classes at community colleges as well and Obviously, those are going to be a little more expensive than just doing it virtually kind of on your own as I did. But if you need that hands-on experience, uh, practical experience through the coursework, then it is probably going to be more expensive. You also, I I didn't go the EMT route, but I know a lot of people go EMT basic, EMTB. And I think a lot of courses for that end up being in the thousands of dollars as well. So one I saw listed near me that was uh, through a kind of private academy that cost at the lowest was going to be $1,525. And then they want you to get some other supplies as well. So that would have added on to that cost. Um, You can also do EMT classes at community colleges a lot. But again, uh, you know, the, the cost could be somewhere similar around there, I would expect just because a lot of times community colleges will require you to take more 
courses and it takes more time as well. Uh, But for some people that can be the best option. So if you want to get some kind of medical certification, keep in mind that that's going to be a big cost as well. I, uh, I think there's a way to kind of get around it and get trained in valuable experience. If you want to get your foot in the door and save money on the cost of those certifications, uh, as far as becoming an MA, for example, you might be able to get a job in the front office where you're working more with clerical things and getting patients appointments and getting them registered and checking their insurance and things like that. But you can try to ask during your interview or when you're agreeing to a contract or whatever, if you might also be cross-trained in the back as a medical assistant. And if you can do that, you can probably get away without paying for a medical certification. Now, is it better for your application? Uh, I don't know from a PA school standpoint, but if you have a lot of responsibilities, I would think it would be still comparable and pretty valuable experience. All right, another area that you have to plan on spending money for is standardized tests because pretty much every PA school requires some. So just for an example, if the PA program requires the GRE, that cost for that test is going to be $205. And then there's additional fees, I believe, for sending your results to different uh, schools. If you take the test and you don't send it to some schools and later on you want to go back and send it to those schools, it's going to be an additional cost of $25 to $30 as well, I believe. So keep those things in mind. If you apply to more than like five or six schools, you're going to have to pay more out of pocket to send it send those results back after the fact, after you get your test scores. Uh, For GRE, a lot of times people want to prepare for it naturally to do your best. And so some people use uh, different books like Kaplan, ETS is the company that puts on the GRE and they have their own study materials, of course. Um, I can say that I just got a Kaplan book a few years back when I took the test. And I think those those GRE prep books generally cost anywhere from, you know, maybe 30 to $50, maybe cheaper if you get it used. So perhaps buying used is the best option if possible. It's not, it's not a book you're going to be glued to for a long time. So if they haven't filled out all the answers for you, then maybe that is a really great option to just get it used. Um, Magoosh prep, which a lot of people really recommend that's online. Uh, the cost for for their whole bundle for studying materials is about $179. So, you know, that's going to add up as well. Um, the, the GRE uh, does allow you to have a fee reduction. If you qualify, you pay $100 for registration and you get free access to uh, ETS test prep materials. So that is definitely a great thing to look into um, to see if you can uh, apply and qualify for that fee reduction. The PACAT is another major standardized test that's becoming more popular. And the cost for the PACAT exam is $228. Uh, They also have a fee reduction coupon that you can apply for. If if you qualify, you end up paying $178 total. I'm not sure if that includes uh, study prep materials as well, or if that would just pretty much cover that that exam. There's also the Casper test. Uh, The total cost for the Casper test is $40. And then for each school that you want to receive the results, you pay an additional $12. 
So that one is more affordable, but they do also have a, a fee assistance program. I don't know though that you can apply for that for PA schools at this point. And then we're gonna move on to the fees for actually applying, which are the CASPA fees. And I mentioned CASPA before, but just in case uh, you, it's a new thing, uh, it stands for the Centralized Application Service for Physician Assistance. So it's basically an online platform that you upload all your information, you fill out the application, which is kind of a standardized application across the board for programs. And then, uh, you know, you're going to upload your, you're going to send your transcripts to to CASPA. Um, You're going to put in your standardized test scores and have those sent to CASPA. You're going to put in your your essays, your COVID essay, your personal statement, all of those things are going to go in CASPA. And then um, each each PA program has their own kind of section where they might have you write additional essays, they might have you upload a resume or CV or things like that as well. So anyway, just a, a brief intro to what CASPA is. But as far as CASPA goes, they definitely have some fees as well for using that service. So as I mentioned, you're going to have to request transcripts uh, to be sent to CASPA uh, on behalf of, of your schools. And uh, CASPA will will verify that all the information you provided was correct on the transcripts, all your grades are accurate, the courses are accurate, and that all the prerequisites are met for each program that way. So. Uh, when you request the transcripts, that's obviously going to vary. Some some schools provide transcripts for free, electronic transcripts. Others uh, will charge anywhere from $3 to $10 and maybe even more for some programs uh, for some undergraduate institutions or colleges. But generally, for my schools, and I had uh, about six that I had to request transcripts from, each one was about three, you know, somewhere in that range, 3 to $10. There also uh, is $179 fee that you pay for your first program application. And then every additional program that you apply to after that first program is going to be $56. So you can expect if you're applying to one program, you're going to pay $179. If you're applying to six programs, you're going to pay $179 plus $56 times six for each program. Um, There are some fee assistance uh, qualifications and that's based on family income. They have kind of a chart or a fee income schedule that you can look at and see if you qualify based on, I think based on national low income levels, uh, based on the family size. So that's worth looking at if you think you might qualify for that. And the fee assistance uh, ends up covering $235, which is the cost of two program applications, basically. Any programs you want to apply beyond those two, you are going to be responsible for that additional $56 cost per program. Uh, Also, as part of your applications, uh, a lot of schools require supplemental applications, not all, but when they do have a supplemental application that usually comes with a fee, and that fee can range from $25 to $100. Typically, uh, I had, uh, I think I had a couple programs, the fee was $50. Uh, 
And a lot of times you can email the programs that have those supplemental fees and see if there's any uh, assistance for those as well. Um, but if you don't think you might qualify for that, sometimes there's other options for getting those fees waived or canceled. I know one of the programs I applied to, University of Michigan Flint at the time, if you attended a Q&A session or an information session about the PA program, uh, they would waive that uh, fee for you. And so that's definitely worth looking into and verifying with programs as well. Now I'm going to go over some things that are more individually based. So if you decide to take advantage of these things, if you have the money or the means, then great. Uh, these might apply to you. If you don't, you might not have to worry about these costs. But a lot of times people want to take advantage of a personal statement or essay revision services. One of the most common ones is my PA resource. And so just to give you an estimate of that, I think they usually charge $119 for a basic revision of your personal statement. I'm just going over the personal statement costs. Um, but you can also get a discount. If you are a member of AAPA, they give you a discount, which AAPA is the American Academy of Physician Assistants or Physician Associates, I should say. They tend to give a little bit of a discount. So I believe last year I used that service. I ended up paying a little bit over $100 for one basic revision. Um, if you want a more advanced revision package where you get like three revisions, three very thorough revisions, you pay closer to $300. I'm not sure what the discount would give you with that. There are other revision services, of course, but it seems like... Um, like 100 is the bare minimum you're gonna pay. I would just say um, that if you can, I would really try to reach out. You know, if you use social media, Instagram, Facebook, if you're part of the pre-PA club Facebook group, or you know some PAs on Instagram, I would try to reach out to them. That's a great way to save on your costs, but um, you can get a lot cheaper revision help on your essay if you look out and, and look out for an individual PA or a pre, you know, a student who maybe has been admitted to PA programs, they might be more likely to do it for free and help you out. So that can be a big way to save money. But if you want people who have gone through admissions, they're maybe part of a PA admissions uh, program, then you might have to pay a little bit more to get those uh, revision services. There's also uh, mock interviews, which I, I used. I did it with the PA platform originally last year, and I ended up, I think there was a discount as well, but I think the, the base cost for an hour with a physician assistant uh, interviewer is $127. And um, I thought that was really helpful. I really recommend doing mock interviews. I felt like that was probably, I did buy the interview guide by Savannah Perry as well. And I think the interview guide was super helpful and that's not nearly as much as much money, but you definitely need to practice with a person asking you questions uh, multiple times. So it, it was really helpful to get that feedback from them. Um, if you can swing that you know, $127 or what, whatever it is um, with the discount, then that that's great. I highly recommend that. But just practice, practice. Uh, 
again, I think you can reach out to PAs on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, and see if they might be willing to do a mock interview with you for for free or for cheaper uh, than that as well. There's also kind of advising sessions with a PA uh, you can find on the PA Live, on the uh, the PA platform website, different places like that. And I think those usually run around $150 and it's probably like an hour long session where they go through a bunch of things with you. I, I, I'm not, I shouldn't say it's an hour. I don't know for sure what that is. I never took advantage of that, but that can be really helpful. I think when you're before you're applying, when you're still starting out, uh, again, it is very money driven. And so it's definitely not required. Definitely not something you need to do. There's still so many people who are willing to help you for free or for a lot cheaper who either have gone through PA school, who were accepted to PA school. Um, and so I would definitely look out for those people. I would, and I will just say that if anyone listens to this podcast and is interested in getting some feedback from me as well, since I was uh, successful in gaining admins, I'm happy to help as well. All right. Uh, as far as costs after the application, if you actually are successful with your application and you start getting interviews pouring in, you have to start thinking about your interview budget. If they're doing it virtually, that's great. You're going to save a lot of money. You're going to save time. Um, you won't see the program, obviously, but the only expenses that you really have to worry about are making sure that you have good sound equipment, you have a decent computer to work off, you have decent internet, which most people have nowadays just from virtual classes and working virtually and all that. Um, the main expense is going to be your business attire, um, your business professional attire. And my first year, I was able to go to a Goodwill and get that, uh, get a suit for, I don't remember exactly the cost, but it was probably like $15, $20, 30 max. So I really saved a lot of money on that. And I highly recommend going to thrift shops and looking around a little bit first if you have the time to do that. If you are not able to find anything there, then you are going to run up that cost a little bit more by getting a new suit out of a, a store like Macy's or JCPenney or things like that. Uh, this last year I had to go back and get a new suit just because I had just had a baby and uh, my old suit didn't really fit. So I ended up spending money for a new suit and things were on sale but I still ended up spending probably I think for the the pants and the jacket it was around a hundred dollars and then I had gotten a, a dress shirt underneath that was another twenty five dollars so yeah once you get into that business casual attire and having to buy those new it's going to be more expensive people have recommended trying to get go to expensive stores when they're on sale or going to like factory outlet stores banana republic um Maybe, I'm not sure if Ann Taylor has some outlets like that. Maybe TJ Maxx even might have some good things like that. It might be cheaper. Um, but yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more probably. But if you have more time and if you start looking for those things earlier than later, you'll probably be able to save a little money on that. If you um, are going in person to an interview, depending on where you're interviewing at, you might have to budget for flight, the flight expenses, for gas expenses, uh, possibly for a rental car. 
you should budget for a hotel or where you're going to stay and then you also need to budget some money for food uh, if you're traveling luckily you know for me that didn't really apply because even when I had an in-person interview it was about 50 minutes from my house so I saved some money on that uh, but yeah if you're traveling across the country for an interview it's not going to be cheap for sure it could easily cost you 500 600 dollars as far as if you actually are successful and you get into any programs, you need to expect that you're going to pay some money for seat deposits. So seat deposits are basically there to hold your seat or hold your spot at that program. And they can run from $500 to usually $1,000 at the, the highest. I was accepted to three different programs. And so I kept getting accepted to a better program as time went on or a program that I was more interested in. And all three of those programs required a seat deposit of $1,000. And the seat deposits are non-refundable. So once you pay for the seat deposit, you're not getting that money back. It's it's going to the, the school. Uh, so for me, if you're on... If you're really on a budget crunch, you're going to have a hard time saying yes to multiple programs. Maybe you just want to accept the first school that you get into in that case. Um, But I was hoping to get into the best program and, you know, I was uh, actually ended up being due at the time that I would have been starting my first program I got into. So, yeah, I ended up spending $3,000 for seat deposits. So that is another expense that can be kind of hidden and you... You should expect that you're gonna you're gonna pay some money for it for sure all right so let's run a hypothetical scenario of how much it could cost to apply let's say you're going to apply to three programs and the um, as far as prerequisites go let's say you don't have to take any prereqs As far as getting a PCE job, let's say you're able to get that without paying for further training. So uh, we're just gonna basically add up the the standardized test costs, the CASPA fees, and the random supplemental application fee. All right, so for the standardized test, the GRE is $205. And let's say you're able to send it to all your schools at once. The Casper test is $40 plus $12 for each school to receive the scores. So that is going to be $40 plus $36, $76. Then for the Casper fees, you pay $179 for your first program and then $56 for each additional program. So $179 plus $56 times two. And then the last part I'm just going to add in, let's say you have one school of the three that requires a supplemental application fee, and we're going to say that costs $50. So if we add up the total costs for all those things that I mentioned, you're going to be paying just to apply to three programs about $622. Uh, Of course, that's not including mock interviews, if you wanted to do some advising consultation, or if you're going to submit your your personal statement for further revision services, then, you know, it's going to cost more than that. And not many people apply to only three programs, so this is pretty a low ball amount. But just so you have an idea, 
uh, that's how much it could cost just to apply. Now I want to go into some some possible ways to potentially save money or save on the cost for applying to PA school and ways you can also prepare. So first of all, as far as preparation goes, it is great if you're budget conscious or you have to worry about the money aspect to make a financial plan uh, along with a schedule so you know how much to expect all of this is going to cost. And then from there, you can possibly make a plan for saving or a budget uh, so that you uh, are able to kind of portion out your your expenses uh, accordingly and not have a whole bunch of expenses coming uh, or costs coming all at once. Using some kind of apps for budgeting or saving money could be really helpful. There's a lot of free ones out there. Uh, Mint is a pretty popular one that allows you to see how you're spending your money um, and it's great for just kind of sorting out your spending into different categories seeing what your monthly budget is uh, before you even get into this process potentially there's also the aspect of start saving money now so something that i do regularly is just send a little bit of money from my checkings account to my saving account Basically, even if you can only afford to send $10, $20 a week, that money could kind of help and kind of add up. And it might be a little bit less money that you'll spend because it's a little bit less in your checking account each week as well. As far as things at home that you can do uh, for people like me who have a family or you're living on your own, doing some meal prep and meal planning is great because that should cut down on your expenses. You're not gonna hopefully go out to eat as much or order food as much uh, and and not be as desperate to get food and spend more money in the process if you have a plan in place and you always have some food to eat or snacks to munch on. Honestly, even if you're working a lot of hours, salaries just aren't really keeping up with inflation um, costs for food, for groceries and for eating out really. So um, it's good to keep that in mind. But while you're trying to save money on that, also you know, every once in a while you can treat yourself, plan on a little splurge, have a night out here or there, or um, pay for some more expensive ingredients to make a meal that you really love that is not as economically feasible. But try to try to plan that out so it's more of a treat than a, a frequent occurrence. You can also start preparing by asking for PA school supplies, education supplies for Christmas presents, or birthday presents. If you're practical about that, then you can uh, save some money. And uh, something that can be helpful is just sharing what you're doing and sharing your journey with family members and friends and contacts along the way. And you never know, maybe they have something even secondhand that will work out well for you and you can save some money on that. Uh, the last thing I would just say uh, to help you cover costs and uh, cover your bases, especially if you are a parent and you know, I have to worry about childcare expenses. You really want to build up support from your neighbors and your uh, your community because if you're in a bind, then you're more likely to have someone that you can contact to just see if they might be willing to watch your child for a little bit. Uh, you'll know your kids are in good hands. And maybe if you really can't afford to pay money for it maybe you can set up some kind of exchange or barter with them um 
and maybe they watch your kids in exchange you help shovel their driveway or something like that um i think that those are all really great options for just trying to prepare yourself for pa school after all with the social aspect you know you're going to need a, a community and a village to support you you're going to need people to talk to to pick you up when you feel down when you're stressed out and so i think just preparing in all ways to have a really great community and to be ready for those extra financial uh, stresses and, and costs that could be coming in is a great way to prepare and hopefully in the long run, save some money as well. So this was just a, a, the end of the podcast and I hope this was helpful for you guys. Please leave me some feedback. Let me know what you want to hear. I'm hoping to start doing some interviews with uh, PAs or PA students at different programs who have uh, you know more non-traditional paths to PA school and so you could be looking forward to that coming in hopefully the next few weeks and months. Uh, take care you guys and uh, as always see you next time. Bye!